It's the Weekly Rundown. You've got your hosts, Phil and Andy, once again, back talking big sports, big time sports stories, and there's some big time stories to look at this week, am I right? Yeah, none bigger than the uh, NFL playoffs here setting up for the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. We're in the the uh, conference championship phase, and you know, as, as uh, poorly as I predicted some of these early playoff games, uh, we're pretty much right where I figured we would end up, uh, at least pretty close to where I figured we would end up with the last four teams here. No big yeah, surprises. I, yeah. I don't and think any we'll, of these teams, yeah, surprise. Maybe maybe you could argue Buffalo, but I think all right. those. By late in the season, though, uh, you know, yes, early, midway through the season, it, it might have uh, might have looked a little bit different. But I think by the end of the season and by the time the playoffs rolled around, I think Buffalo had the momentum. And, well, we'll yeah. get to that, but we'll, we'll also talk some NBA, of course. I think NBA, we, you can count on hearing a little NBA talk pretty much every every week, uh, at least for during the season, right? Absolutely. There's always some. Seems like there's always something good to talk about, too. Yeah, uh, obviously with the the big trade, Harden trade this week, we can touch on. And yes, so but let's start. Let's definitely start with the NFL. I mean, it's conference championships, as we mentioned. They're good ones, you know. These are these are intriguing matchups, you know. Uh, and we could start uh, with the NFC. That's the first game, and good place to start. Yeah, I mean. This is such an intriguing matchup. Uh, I, I know everyone's seen the memes with the, uh, you know, the uh, near forty-year-old uh, Rogers versus the forty-three-year-old uh, Brady, but um, I think um, it's really compelling, right? Uh, uh, the argument made against Brady for the longest time was that he was just a product of uh, Belichick's uh, um, scheme and genius, um, but we're seeing, you know, uh, Brady really taking the helm over at, uh, in Tampa Bay. I and, think we uh, put that, that theory to rest. Absolutely. I mean, uh, we saw what Jameis could do with a similar, uh, similar team, similar roster, um, surrounding him. It, it's obvious Brady is a, uh, is a difference maker. Yeah. And we've seen what, what new England did this year. Right. Uh, you know, and it's, uh, it's, you know, I haven't been, I, I haven't been uh, a Brady hater or anything like that. I just haven't been as as high on Brady as as a lot of people have, and you know. And I'm not saying they're wrong. I mean, you can't argue with the with the track record, right? And, and I just for some for whatever reason, I, I haven't been able to fully back his, or, you know, just get on board with uh, with the Brady love. But I tell you what, it's. Uh, <laughs> It's it's hard to to not acknowledge. I mean, no, it's not hard to. It, you have to acknowledge. It's a must if you're a football fan. You have to acknowledge the success and the the longevity and the the combination of all things that he has brought for over the last twenty years, and and been so successful with. It's you know, there's an argument against him being the best ever just based on maybe you know showiness or you know at pure athletic ability mm-hmm. but when it comes to winning and you know yeah you can't you can't argue there's no well, there is no argument think think about this um i would argue that if he if he if he gets this t- uh, buccaneers team into the super bowl even if they lose i think it this just really this season just cements his status as probably the greatest qb in nfl yeah. history I, I think it's, and I, again, that's the kind of thing, that's the kind of, you know, hyperbolic statement about Brady that, you know, a lot of people have been making for years and I've been hesitant to make, but 
I already, based on this season, am am ready to to talk like that. And uh, you know, as opposed to before this season. Mm-hmm. And you're right. If he wins this game, and you know, and we, we could talk more about the matchup a little bit. But if he wins this game, yeah, I mean, it's it's there, who else can you compare? to him that has has shown what he's shown well i I think the the argument could be made uh, with montana i think because his record his his super bowl record is you know uh, unblemished in terms of uh the the number of the what is it three super bowl wins and no losses obviously um or is it four yeah. yeah um we probably should do some research before we do these podcasts. <laughs> well, before we start dropping. Yeah, but but then he went to Kansas City, right? Right. And he did okay. Yeah, no, he definitely uh he they, they remained uh competitive, but he wasn't able to get them over the hump um at that yeah. point. Speaking um, of that, let me let me ask you a little tangent, small yeah. tangent question here because this is this is something I was trying to to debate with with somebody else. The Bills back in the Super Bowl or sorry, back in the AFC championship, you know, they've made the playoffs a few times the last few years, right? So they've had a, a decent little run here after sort of having a, a prolonged drought. In the 90s, they went to the Super Bowl four straight times, right? No other team has ever done that. And they lost them all, but... The Bills? Hardly, the, the, yes. And... Uh, go ahead. So yeah, so yeah, so... But the Bills have always been looked at as sort of a loser franchise, right? Yeah. On the other hand, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl last year for the first time in 50 years. 5-0. Mm-hmm. 50 years they hadn't won. And the Chiefs have, are sort of regarded as a winning franchise. You know, I mean, in our lifetimes, you would sort of look at the Chiefs as one of the you know, what sort of a, a team that you would expect to win more than they lose, you know, that you don't think of them as, as, you know, the, the way in the NBA you think of the Clippers or, or the, uh, you know, the Sacramento Kings that, that just never, that you just think of them as a loser franchise. You know what, does that make sense? It sounds yeah, a little harsh, it, it, but, it, it's but the sort Bills, of, it's recency bias, right? You sort of view the, the team, the franchise through the lens of what just happened, right? But the, that, what I'm saying is that the Chiefs haven't really, they haven't won anything. Well, no, that's the point. That's the point, though. They just won a Super Bowl and they look relatively dominant. So you sort of but, view them at. Well, I, I would what argue I'm saying is even before that. So before they won the Super mm-hmm. Bowl, before Mahomes, mm-hmm. I feel like we would have thought about them or felt about them that they were not a loser franchise. I would, and I would agree with that, though. That, that's I, I, what I mean. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And so, what? So why? Why the? What makes a team a winning well, team, and what makes a team a losing team? Well, I think the Chiefs historically, even with Mar- Marty Schottenheimer, right, uh, who coached them for a long time, but can never yeah. get him over the hump to the never Super won. Bowl. Yeah. But yeah. they were always. That, that's 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 the thing with the the league, right? You have the the top tier teams, and then you have those teams that are. Uh, uh, consistently competitive. I would, I would lump the the Saints in that group mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of teams like that. The Ravens, even. Um, but and and I they've think both for, won. They've both won recently. Right, know? right. But I think the point I'm trying to make is historically, the Chiefs have always been a, a pretty competitive franchise. Yeah, they've they, been winners. 
Right. Whereas the Bills have had sort of these peaks and valleys, more valleys than peaks, um, where they've just been sort of the bottom feeders. Uh, yeah. And it's only recently that they've started rebuilding that franchise uh, and uh, and are, be- are becoming more competitive. I see your point, though, but I would argue that uh, I think historically the Chiefs, and I can – I'm just frantically trying to look up the team, the franchise uh, records. Well, they, they won the first Super Bowl, right? I mean, they 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 were in several of the first Super Bowls. Yeah, early, early the Super AFL, Bowl. AFC, or AFL, yeah. Well, no, when they first, when it was the actual Super Bowl, the actual they, Super uh, Bowl. Yeah, they. I think they won the first one. Or maybe that well, was, I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm well, not going to question you on that yeah. uh, being for me. <laughs> Right, but I mean, and again, I'm not 100. percent But they were they were there in the first few Super Bowls. Sure, uh, but I don't I don't know. It's a, it's a weird. There, I feel like there's just a vibe. There's sort of an underachiever, okay, versus Let's, overachiever vibe. I, I I don't know, and and it's it's hard. It's even harder in the NBA where the last 20 years the Clippers have actually been pretty good. Right, I mean, you go back yeah. to those those Elton Brand you know, Clippers and, you know, yeah. that, that sort of erased the, the, the entire past of the franchise where they were yeah. perennial losers, but we still feel like we still think of the Clippers as a loser, as kind of a losing franchise. Does yeah. that make sense? Even no, though yeah. for the, for decades now they've been competitive and they've been pretty good and they make the playoffs pretty consistently. Well, they let, can't shake that. Yeah. Let me, let me just to sort of buttress the point that I was making the chiefs in 61 seasons, They've gone four, uh, 495 to 425 in terms of losses. Uh, so they're over 500 with 12, 12 ties uh, through the franchise history, okay. franchise's history. So they have a, they're, they're a winning franchise um, just based yeah, on literally. the numbers. Right. Literally. Yeah. So <laughs> now yeah. compared to the Bills, the Bills have also played 61 seasons uh, or since the uh, recognized as uh, uh, right. the NFL. NFL. Right. Uh, four, uh, 438 to 486 losses. So they've been below 500. You're right. They do have the four Super Bowl appearances, which is insane to think about how, going to that many suits. No team is ever, they're the only team. They're the only team that's right. ever done that. Right. Yeah. And you would think, you know, just on making a Super Bowl appearance alone, as a Cowboys fan, we haven't even right. a, a championship well, conference game. And that's game. what I mean. Yeah. yeah. But the Cowboys are, are considered one of the winning franchises. Well, for that, that, obvious reasons, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. That, that's what I mean. It, how is it possible for these teams to shake those labels? You know, and and why does it continue? Sort of multiple over generations that these teams have these vibes. You know, these sort of labels attached to them, right? And and can't shake them. I mean, the 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 closest thing I've seen is the Knicks to changing yeah. because. Yeah. The Knicks, when we were growing up, were winners, even though they've never won a championship. Is that right? Oh, no, no, they have. Sorry. But it's been since the 60s or something, right? Right. Uh, but in our lifetimes, they've never won a championship, but they were still a winning team. But now, I would say if you ask anybody young, they would say, no, the Knicks are losers. They, they've never been a winning team. Right. And th- that's the only one I can think of that has, and I'm sure there are more examples if we really drill down, but... That's well, the that's the most glaring example of a team that has changed its narrative or the 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 overarching view of a team has changed so dramatically. Well, let let, let me spin spin one quick theory, and um, it's sort Please. of yeah. So 
it's the same kind of in the same way when you're a boxer, right? If you uh, ever at any point in time uh, be- become world champion, you could lose, but you're always uh, hold that title of mm-hmm. champ. Mm-hmm. You can claim to be a champ. The, the the Chiefs have won two Super Bowls. They have a winning franchise record. Um, so there is a history, a proven history of winning. Whereas the Bills, uh, they're they're not a winning franchise in terms of their, uh, their historically, mm-hmm. they've never won a Super Bowl. Um, so there's nothing to point to. You can't even point yeah. back to the Super Bowl when right. before the there was the yeah. Right. Well, if and it, but here's the thing too: if if they won one or even maybe two of those Super Bowls that they went to four years in a row, I think it changes the. Traje- I think it. Changes but I don't think so. That's that was going to be my argument. I don't think it does. They they still have a losing record overall. They're still, you know, at, part of it is the city too, probably right. There's sort of this Rust Belt, uh, you know, former glory type of city, you know, that you mm-hmm. know sort of past its prime type of uh, type of market. Uh, you know, and I, I just, I don't, I think even if they won one, you know, maybe two would have been different. Maybe two would have changed things enough, but I think even if they won one of those four, I still think they would be branded a losing franchise, you know, over, over well, the last. That's then. one of those things. Yeah. It's one of the things we can't argue, but I would, I would yeah. disagree. I think they would be, yeah. they'd be their perspective. Our perspective would change about them. And second and of about all, Jim Kelly and about, Thurman Thomas, uh, right? Or, yeah, they'd be. Uh, yeah, they'd be. Uh, I forgot who their big, uh, their big defensive. Uh, oh, Bruce Smith. Like, Bruce Smith. I mean, yeah. Of course, his rep is is uh, untarnished. But anyway, sorry, that was a tangent. That <laughs> that was uh, a tangent. I was thinking, but because Tampa is sort of one of those teams that is sort of uh, they they won a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. uh, right? With Gruden, was it? That's right. And Warren Sapp and uh, right. Brad Johnson. It's yeah. sort of like they are this year, where they sort of collected this this team of of big names, uh, you know, that had made a name for themselves on other teams. You know, actually, that gives us not to rehash it, but that gives us a good case study on how we would view uh, how we, we we would view a team that if uh, like the Bills, if they won a Super Bowl, because Tampa Tampa has not always been a. I mean, look, listen. They they came into the league in 1976. Mm-hmm. Their franchise record of 278 wins to 429 losses. Right. And they have one Super Bowl appearance and one win. Now, I wouldn't say, I would never say that uh, I would look at the the Tampa Bay franchise as a winning franchise. Right. So, so that that sort of that sort of speaks to your point. I yeah. Think, uh, an easy. That's an easy loser franchise you know to label and I, yeah. I don't mean that in a mean rude way against tampa i i just i mean as a as a sort of a representation of how it's viewed in the general you know fandom of the NFL. yeah yeah that's uh, interesting yeah i think that's a yeah it really does speak to your point um yeah well, I, maybe I this think, year will change that yeah and i think i think for a franchise like that you've got to you've got to sort of have a demonstrated track record of winning to really change that uh, narrative. Yeah. Um, maybe one, do, one just doesn't do it. Or losing if, it, if you go the opposite way. Right. Like the Knicks. <laughs> right. Well, well, let's like even the Cowboys. Uh, well, yeah. But it hasn't worked. It, has, or it hasn't worked. It hasn't, uh, hasn't worked. It hasn't happened for the Cowboys yet. So right. we'll see. We'll see. But 
that that let's let's get back to the actual games sure. today because, like we said, I mean these are two great games. These these are and usually they are, of course, at this point. By the time we get to this uh, this uh, deep in the playoffs, uh, but man, I mean these are it's almost dream matchups as far as looking at the stories that you could attach to them and, and looking at the off the field type of things you could tie in and the on the field stuff. I mean, Josh Allen was heavily criticized, not heavily criticized, heavily questioned uh, coming out uh, a few years ago, uh, even by teammates, right. For or sure. By other, by other players. Yeah. And so he has, uh, he has shown people some things, but uh, Quickly, let's let's just look at this Tampa Green Bay, the Bay versus Bay. <laughs> right. Well, um, so one way or the other, we're going to get the the narrative going into the Super Bowl is going to be uh, destiny. Right. It's either going to be Rogers or Brady representing the NFC um, right. uh, conference. Funny enough, we would have had that if Drew Brees was in it too. Absolutely. So that's. That in in and of itself is is really interesting. Uh, I've been hearing that Rogers um, has been in decline for seems like four to five years now, and yet this past season, I think he's the runaway uh, MVP favorite. Um, I would think, yeah, absolutely. And uh, he hasn't he 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 put up um, you know a season um, that not many QBs uh, can claim uh, to have done. Uh, outside of Mahomes, um, probably one of the uh, and Brady back in what um, when he had Moss, I can't remember the year, mm-hmm. two thousand seven, I think. Um, and he did it. He's done it with. Um, Gosh, has a, it been that long? Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. done it with a collection of you know of receivers outside of uh, uh, actually Palo Alto High, mm. uh, number seventeen. I can't remember his name right now. For uh, for Green Bay, the receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're basically, basically was the best receiver in the league this year. Yeah, we're gonna have to. Have to have I know. I, I know. Uh, let me just look up his name. I got. We'll round it into into form here one of these weeks and and uh, come prepared. Devonte Adams, Palo yes. Alto High. Very good. Yeah, uh, you're a fellow. Wait, did you go to Gun or Palo Alto? I went High? to Gun. Yeah, I went to Gun. Okay, okay. Palo Alto High's own. My uh, sister Devon- went to Palo Alto. Ah, okay. With, I knew there was Jeremy Lin. Yeah. With Jeremy Lin? Oh, well, yeah. my wife went with, um, um, wow, 27 hours? What's uh, 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 James Franco? Of course, with Franco, James Franco. Yeah. yeah. I remember seeing him around, yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so outside of uh, Devontae Adams, who was injured for um, part of the season, not much of, uh, uh, you know, uh, name. Uh, Core. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Freaking a man! I'm having brain receiving core. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah but that, he's had it? he's had one of those seasons though that makes you know uh, average or or slightly above average receivers look like stars. Hence MVP. Uh, forty eight. Yeah. Look at the, look at these numbers. Forty eight TDs to five, just five interceptions uh. over uh, nearly forty three hundred yards uh, passing. Unbelievable. Like a perfect season. I mean, it. It, it's, it really is. It's pretty close. It really is. So, um, I, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I, um, it's going to be the na- the narrative is going to be you know team of destiny. Um, 
And it could be one of these things. Well, Brady hasn't given any indication that he plans on retiring, but right. You, Especially after this season. Yeah. How, it, how good it looked, you know? Yeah. It, you, it should you, be interesting. You but have what to you, wonder. What do you think? Oh, go you, ahead. Ha- you have to wonder with Rodgers if he does, uh, if they do move on and, and um, beat or win the Super Bowl, if this would be his last season. Yeah. He, you know, he, he sort of gives that vibe despite, or not despite, separate from all the talk like you mentioned, the, of his decline. Uh, and, it, you know, he has looked over the past few seasons, not not trying to hide that he, he looks a little, you know, I, I don't want to go as far as saying disgruntled, but, you know, right. less than happy, less than happy with the situation right. or or uh, his team or just whatever's happening in Green Bay. Uh, even this season, you know, for much of the season, he wasn't, he, you know, he wasn't a picture of, of, uh, happiness. No. Uh, and you know, it, it does sort of make you feel like he, he's just not, if he's not enjoying it as much as he used to, uh, that he's the type of player that can go out on his terms. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, if he wins or even makes it to the Super Bowl, but yeah, if he wins, I mean, what's left, what's left for him. Well, you know, I don't want to contradict myself, but, mm. <laughs> you know, we just got done uh, lavishing Brady in praise as potentially the greatest QB ever. But as I think to myself, if Brady, if, if, if Rodgers wins another Super Bowl, just in terms of That'd be numbers, two, right? numbers and just, just talk, yeah, that would be number two. But just in terms of pure numbers, like impressiveness, uh, I mean, I'm just staring at his numbers right now. He's he's got over yeah. fifty thousand passing yards. He's only thirty seven. Right. Um, but I, I was gonna say that's less than a Drew Brees. Right. right or, but he hasn't he hasn't played nearly as long as they have. Right. right. Um but look at this this is just ridiculous. This is this is when I used to play Madden. This these are the kind of franchise numbers I would put up. Yeah. <laughs> four hundred and twelve TDs to just eighty nine career interceptions. Hmm. That's insane. Yep. Yep. But this is the kind of thing I was talking about with Brady earlier too. I think Aaron Rodgers is a more sort of purely skilled quarterback, right? He can move better. He can throw a little bit better, a little harder, not necessarily more accurately, but you know, he's arguably a better passer, right? Uh, Right. He's more dynamic of a, of a player, of an athlete, he's more athletic, et cetera, et cetera. And those are the kind of things that are, they're not missing from Brady by any means, mm-hmm. but he's not an elite, uh, at one of the elites in any of those mm-hmm. categories. However, he has the, the track record. He has the winning pedigree. He, he has done it year in and year out. Whereas, and I understand how, the Packers have been so up and down during Aaron Rodgers' tenure. And, you know, that's where you can look at the stability of a franchise like the Patriots, right? And the coach, he's always had the same coach. Brady has always had the same coach and uh, same owner and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Although the, the coaching staffs have shuffled in and out a lot. But, but uh, it's hard to argue. I mean, it, it, I agree. I think Aaron Rodgers, if, if I was seeing them, you know, coming out of college or even midway through their careers, 
uh, without having looked at or without looking at wins or Super Bowls or anything like that, mm-hmm. I think it'd be easy to say, well, Rodgers is the choice over Brady, right? And you can say that about a lot of mm-hmm. relatively successful quarterbacks. Wow, just look at how amazingly skilled they are. But they just haven't won like Brady has. They haven't right. succeeded like Brady has, and they haven't been as consistent as Brady has. And and again, I I have never been. I have never. It's weird coming out of my mouth because I have never been a big defender or a big proponent of Brady as the best quarterback. Right. I, I just believe that he this season he has sort of cemented his legacy and 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 really rewritten the argument maybe not rewritten but added sort of the postscript to the argument that that makes it harder to refute than ever yeah i you know the the way i look at it is when i when you look at tom brady you're looking at the complete package you're looking at leadership you're looking at um his approach to the game it's not to say that he's de- he's devoid of any actual skill of course it, not. It, 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 no one would ever say that uh, i think the argument i would i i would not to keep referring back to the cowboys but i would never <laughs> i would never argue it, i know people feel a certain type of way about tony romo but just in terms of being a qb and throwing the ball the, the ability to throw the ball and uh into tight windows being accurate with velocity this that and the other i think he's a much better quarterback in that regard than Dak prescott However, I think Dak Prescott, for whatever reason, has much more better intangibles in terms of leadership mm. and just the whole package. Whereas he he's not a better um, passing the ball. the 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 physical um, the physical um, Jesus um, right. the, the actual it, action of carrying the actual out these action of, of, of th- yeah. Uh, dude, you're gonna have to head it this thing heavily. <laughs> uh, I'm having brain farts, but anyways, the point being is that I think if you were to draw it up a QB, your ideal, your prototype QB, I would I would look at. I think Aaron Rodgers is, is that guy. However, yep. if you're talking about the 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 face of uh, the NFL, if you were to you know um, who's on the um, on the logo of the NBA. Right, Jerry West. Yeah, who? Who? If if the NFL was to develop a similar logo, you could potentially have, uh, you know, Tom Brady as that logo, his profile, um, uh, you know, on that because he's Joe football player, Joe Joe QB. Um, so the, that's sort of the nuance um, when I look at these two players, but it's interesting nonetheless. But let's yeah. let's let's talk about the Bills and uh, and yeah. KC. Well, quickly, how do you think the game's going to go here? The Bay versus Bay. I, I feel like Tampa is a little more balanced, you know, top to bottom across both mm-hmm. sides of the ball, all the way across the field. But Green Bay has that explosive, like we talked about the, with Aaron Rodgers and, uh, and uh, Devonta. Yes. Devonta Adams. Yeah. Thank you, Adams. I keep wanting to say uh, Freeman, but Devontae Freeman. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, here's the thing. Um, this is what I will. I think is the uh, is the tipping point, or is the difference maker. Uh, they're playing in Green Bay, right? Um, in the winter, in the winter, and I think uh, that's going to be a major factor. 
<laughs> we already heard Tom Brady say he doesn't want to go back to the weather of the Northeast. Right, right. Um, yep. you're, you're talking about guys that are playing in Florida right. that are now playing in Wisconsin uh, yep. in the cold. Yep. So I think that's going to – that's going to um, saying the obvious, but that's going to be a factor in this game. And I, I'm going to – my gut, I'm going to go with Green Bay. Yeah. They do have a little bit more of that destiny feel to them. And, I, yep. you know, it's, it's, it's weird to say, but I, I – well, I'm going to go Tampa. I just think that they, they have more – big play type of players that should step up in this game. Well, you've always been a uh, Tom fanboy, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. Let's move, let's move on. on. So, you know, the, uh, the complete opposite end of the spectrum, you've got the new Bucks. Uh, right. You've got uh, Pat, Patty Mahomes and Josh Allen. Oh, this is the Patty new. Mahomes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this, the, these two players are the new faces of the league. Um, and um, you, you know, you mentioned before that you know when Josh came, Josh Allen came into the league from Wyoming of all places, a um, lot of skepticism. I, I know I sure I was uh, very skeptical. He had walking. the look, right? He had yeah. the look. He had the athletic ability. Yep. Yeah. They they compared yeah. him. They compared him to Cam Newton coming out, just a physically mm-hmm. imposing QB, just gifted. Um, yeah. But when he played, when you watched him play, I mean, they had to dumb down the offense. It was a lot of right. uh, check down passes. But right. he's he's a case study in why teams do uh, take a risk and, and gamble, especially with QBs on the upside, because he's one of these guys that has improved and, uh, and now is paying off in spades. He's a difference maker. He's in the conversation for MVP. Right. Um, and and then, in the air and on the ground, he can run the ball, too. Absolutely. Dual threat for sure, more so than even. Uh, see, I, I I look at um, Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers as sort of cut from the same cloth. These guys are ultra gifted um, uh, passing QBs, growers. Just in yeah. terms of yeah, just in terms of arm talent, but they're right. also mobile, right? They can make right. you pay with their legs or just getting out of the pocket. They can scramble, and, yeah. And they yeah. can scramble and still make the throws on the run. I think that's the difference maker. Whereas Josh Allen is more of a guy that can uh, look will look to run. Right. Um, and keep a defense honest the same way Cam Newton did early in his career. Yeah, yeah. And it is it is interesting because you've got the old school versus the new school, right? right. Uh, Mahomes, although they do, I think they do uh, throw in some options or some run options for him. Uh, I don't think they call running plays very often for him mm-hmm. uh, the way they do for uh, 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 the way that Baltimore does. For Lamar Jackson, yeah. <laughs> For Lamar Jackson, right? Yeah, and so, uh, but like you said, that these newer guys just seem like they come in more mobile. Uh, yeah, more of the new style of play, uh, and we'll we'll get into a little bit more, uh, a little bit deeper into into that trend, I think, later. But it is interesting that we have sort of all, not exactly a like for like uh, in both of these games, but. Pretty similar uh, matchups at quarterback. Yep, I, I think I think this is one of the most compelling. This is go- set up to be one of the most compelling Super Bowls. Uh, again, just this whole storyline uh, of old school versus new school. Um, you know, passing the torch, maybe or maybe uh, whoever uh, the NFC representative, maybe they're not ready to pass that torch yet to one of these young bucks. Right. So, right. We've been. It seems like we've been saying that for years. Yeah. And here they are. Here we are again. And you know we could talk about we talk about Josh Allen and 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 how he looks and and we don't really need there's not a lot to be said right now about 
Mahomes and the Chiefs, I mean, they just won the Super Bowl. We got the defending champs. Uh, they come back in looking pretty good, although Mahomes is coming off this uh, concussion. And so that's kind of a question, but that's true. Sounds like, yeah. sounds like he's been doing okay for a few days. Uh, and so, but you know, if he gets roughed up Pat, a little bit, past all the protocols, him. yeah, right. And uh, been practicing and et cetera, et cetera. But uh, there's not a whole lot, whole lot to be said that hasn't been said already. And because it's still so early in, in both of these guys' careers, I mean, you can't really look back and, and talk about their, their legacies or, you know, the way that we could with, uh, with uh, Aaron Rodgers and, and Tom Brady. This is, it is very old school versus new school. And, and it is, it is, this one I think is, well, it's just as compelling, but for a lot different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. But what do you think? What do you th- I mean, we've got defending champs and yep. I talked about green Bay sort of having that team of destiny feel uh, even though I was picking Tampa and I feel the same way about this game. I feel like the bills, they have momentum and they, like I said, late in the season is when people started to notice more and started to believe a little bit more in them, uh, especially coming into the playoffs. And they just, they, I think more than any other team, they have that, that, that feel team of destiny feeling like they're just sort of rolling and it's just clicking and this is their year type of thing. However, I'm picking the chiefs. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I'm saying the obvious, but I think a lot hinges on Mahomes' health and if he's able to play as normal. Um, I think I, I, I'm going to have to go cast my lot with KC um, for objective reasons. Yours are based on subjectivity and fanboyism. Um <laughs> Um, only, reasons, slightly, only slightly. Right. I, I have I have practical football reasons too. <laughs> no, I just think I just think the Chiefs have way too many weapons. Um, and you know the the Bills are known as being a tough, hard nosed team with a, a good defense. But I think they've actually it, their their defense is a little bit overrated. Um, they've given up mm. a lot of points um, uh, against certain teams. Um, I think they can be exploited, and I just. The, the, the number of weapons that Casey has it throws at you um, and, and with Andy Reed having time to uh, come up, you know, with some scripted plays, which I'm sure he'll have heading into this game, at least for the first, you know, eight to 10 plays first two series or so. Um, it, I, I just think it'll be too much. I think, I think, uh, I think uh, Mahomes and company will shine, but, uh, but obviously contingent on his health and uh, ability to play. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and I, that might be the factor because one thing I have noticed is the Chiefs have not been dominating a lot of games lately. You know, they've been winning, you know, relatively close games. Uh, you know, they've been grinding some out. I mean, last week, of course, doesn't count because of the injury to Mahomes, but even they started went out. They started off. Uh, they started off pretty fast. Um, but then, yes, but they kind of. I mean, it didn't. They didn't keep that that momentum going. I, I, I feel like they, and that might be a good thing. They might, that might say, Hey, well, they know how to grind out these games that they need to grind out. Right. I just feel yeah. like if the bills can keep it close, uh, they might make them nervous. And I, uh, I, because I, I, they, they're just not quite, the chiefs are just not quite as explosive as last season. Uh, but you know, again, they've been here before, you know, they have the confidence uh, they have the swagger that they need, and 
again, I, I'm, I, I still pick the Chiefs. Uh, I think it will be a little more, it could be a little more nerve wracking than, uh, than people might guess. Yeah, well, let's hope for a good game. But yeah, I think so. We're going, I think both of us agree. Oh, wait, I'm going KC. You, I, I don't need to ask. And then for the bill or the uh, NFC, NFC, you're going Tampa. I'm going Tampa. I feel like they're just. I feel like they're they're more big plays, potential big plays, and and more balance, top to bottom. Yeah. There you go. We ready for a break? Yeah. You want to c- come back and talk NBA? Let's do that. All right. Let's take a quick break uh, uh, for more from more messages from uh, from this, this our sponsor. Yeah. Back from the break, it's Phil and Andy with the weekly rundown. We're going to touch a little bit on the NBA right now. Uh, we're a few games into uh, after post uh, big trade, mega trade uh, with Harden going over to the Nets. Um, he's uh, teamed up with Durant and Kyrie Irving, uh, who's come back off his sabbatical, self-imposed uh, yeah. sabbatical, uh, which I think we're all still trying to wrap our heads around uh, why he he missed time. Uh, Dude is, know. dude is a, a interesting cat. Um, yeah, he's his own. He's his own man. That's for sure. <laughs> he's he's his own uh, person. Um, but what 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 have been your early thoughts of uh, sort of how the teams looked like uh, with these uh, this? You know, this, it's uh, funny. It's funny because it seems like they do better with two out of the three, and it, yeah. it, it could be. You can mix two? and match. Yeah, there's, that's the thing. Any of the two, almost. Although I haven't seen a lot with just uh, Kyrie and and Harden. Yeah, but earlier on, although the, the they did struggle some before they even got Harden, right? So they started off hot and then sort of took a step or two back uh, with Durant and Irving. Although Irving missed a couple of games earlier too, but or before Harden got there too. But uh, it seems like when you put two together. They, they play well off each other, and they can figure it out, and they can balance pretty well. Uh, and but since they've had all three, they still have some figuring out to do. And it, again, it's early; it's early in that in that ex, in this experiment. And so, there's a lot to be worked out. the The, the big problem, the big question is, I think, uh, can they get stops? I mean they they don't play much right. defense; they don't get many rebounds. You know, DeAndre Jordan is not the lob city. DeAndre Jordan that he used to be. And even then he wasn't the best defender uh, in the league. So, you know, if they can't, if they can't get stops and can't get rebounds, it's going to be tough to, uh, to make it all the way to the finals despite, or, you know, no matter how many points you score. Yeah. um, He, he's played uh, Harden just for the record, Harden for the record, just for the record has played five games uh, with the Nets now. Mm -hmm. And the team is, uh, the the Nets um, are three and two with uh, Harden um, on the roster. You know, I think I think when you talk about 
which are the best two of the three. I think number one, you're you're deciding between Irving and Harden because I think Durant is always going to be. He's a, yeah, I think yeah. so too. Uh, he's just a good. He's an underrated defender for sure. Um, just a complete unique talent at six ten, six eleven, being able to shoot the way he does and just score. Um, Harden is. I mean, we all know uh, the memes, the videos of him, his lackadaisical effort on uh, defense. Mm-hmm. Um, or even on and, offense when he doesn't have the ball, right? <laughs> right, right. So uh, it's clear they haven't had any issues putting up points, but the the um, the defensive effort, I mean, they've given up no less than 113 points in each of the games that mm-hmm. um, they've played since Harden has been brought aboard. Um, yeah. Like you mentioned, they've lost. They lost two straight to uh, Cleveland um, since since Irving came back. Which yeah. since they've had all three. Yeah, but I think I think both of us would agree we don't want to be prisoners of the moment. They're just five ga- games in. There's still a lot to work out. Sort of the rhythm and pace of how to play together. But um, you'd have to expect that if they hold opponents to 113 points right i don't know maybe the average is a little bit higher than that right it's been no less than 113 but no yeah the average is much higher yeah so if they can hold opponents to 115 116 points Mm -hmm. you have to you have to guess that they could outscore them right uh it's just when you get up into the 120s uh you know that and you this team you would have to say that opponents will be able to put up those kind of numbers against them pretty regularly right right um so i I think it'll it'll still take a few probably take another 15 20 games for them to really uh find their stride and then we could really um analyze how they look together um but i think they're showing some of the the positive things and sort of the uh the question marks have been um confirmed in terms of some of the issues that we sort of saw or anticipated uh, with these three um, playing together uh, on the same squad. And but, it's hard to know what, if the, sorry, if, if rookie coach Steve Nash will be able to figure it out, right? I mean, uh, some coaches, some veteran coaches, you might have a little more confidence in, in them trying, you know, and them, and them stirring the pot just right. Right. Uh, you just don't know. It's an unknown and he might be brilliant at it. I mean, we saw it from Steve Kerr, right. Who hadn't coached before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he might be just the person or, you know, he might, he might work perfectly well. He might get complete buy-in, uh, you just, but that's a total unknown. Yeah. Um, what is totally known is, uh, the Miami heats uniforms last night. Just awful. <laughs> just Those awful. Are to- that is totally known. You can't miss it. You can't miss the, it. The two tone split yeah. in the middle, um, hot fuchsia and baby blue. Um, yeah. This this leads to a this is this is uh, sort of leads to a bigger question of you know we're in an age now where we're seeing we're a different you know a, a different age where we're seeing uh, just multiple multiple variations of uh, uniforms whereas you know ten or twelve years ago um, the, a team might wear a a throwback for a special right. game once or twice right. a year um, now we're seeing this. And the NBA's, you know, they're they're actually in terms of our, our major sports uh, leagues are pretty on the for, they're very progressive in terms of incorporating things. I mean, they've they're one of the first um, 
leagues to uh, incorporate branding or advertising on the uniforms where, you know, that was unheard of five, six years ago. Right. Um, and I don't know if any other uh, major well, sports league. Yeah, soccer does. So it's soccer it's does. pretty normal for soccer, yeah. Even right. here uh, in the MLS, yeah. But uh, I don't think in the NFL or uh, the uh, major leagues, uh, major league baseball or hockey. Right. Um, but anyways, uh, to the point, though, is that you're seeing the NBA sort of allowing these franchises to sort of explore opportunities for to increase marketing. Right. Um, Nike marketability, which I think is appeals. I, I understand that aspect, and I don't know. I'm not. I'm not of the mind where I'm completely against it, but uh, it seems a little unrestrained. Um, you think it's gone a little too far? Well, I well I think we're seeing uniforms that aren't even of the same color as the the team. The team right. color, the traditional team colors. It's hard to even associate with exactly, that team. Yeah. exactly. So, what are your what are your some of your thoughts on that? I'd be interested in hearing that. Yeah, I I, I like it overall. I like these extra versions. I don't really understand it. I mean, you know, there there are rules to it, right? Where mm-hmm. if you if a team makes the playoffs or something, then they are entitled to one extra uniform variation compared to if they don't. So, I, I don't know exactly what the what all the rules are but you know they have and they have the city edition right mm-hmm. and then they have a you know some other sort of mm-hmm. throwback edition or whatever they all have different names uh generally i like it uh it's you mentioned if you know a decade or so ago certain teams could trot out a throwback uniform and and first of all let's get another thing i like the designs overall a lot better mm-hmm. than than the even the primary jersey designs were sort of in the 90s and early 2000s you know mm-hmm. uh they sort of got a little cartoony and and uh, <laughs> experimented with different colors and they weren't crazy colors but you know other than sort of some of the classics uh the uh i didn't think that they looked that good but i do so i do i've been a fan overall i do agree that it's almost gotten too much i mean some mm-hmm. teams have five or six right. different variations uh i remember in the you know back in the good old days if you want to go old man with it uh you know the lakers were the only team in professional sports that didn't have a white uniform because their home uniform was yellow that's and, right. and that's another yeah. thing. it was it was simple too and now in the nba you don't have the light colored uniform at home and the dark colored uniform on the road it's a free for all yeah and i kind of miss that i i do kind of miss that but uh I like it overall. I, I think that things like the, the city edition, like the town in, in Golden State, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the uh, the old Minneapolis throwbacks for the Lakers and uh, some of, you know, the Nuggets uh, mm-hmm. with that, that skyline throwback and uh, that kind of thing. But also the the uh, the other variation, the kind of the special ones, like, oh, like the Utah Jazz, uh, that color block, that sort of... Uh, that sort of light to dark color block uniform. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can picture it right now. Uh, that's sort of orange and brown, and I, it's really nice. And and back circling all the way back, the Miami sort of that Miami Vice look, uh, the '80s Miami Vice uh, Heat uniforms. 
up until this season, I have really liked also. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of that that pastel, that bright pastel, you know, Miami Beach, sort of a tip of the cap color-wise, uh, plus the the neon, you know, cursive Miami, uh, you know, throwback. I've always liked it. Uh, however, this two-tone uh, gradient version uh, has got to go. Well, here, here's my thoughts, and I, I think I would agree with you just in general. I, I, I'm, I'm someone who uh, doesn't mind change, but I, I would like to see some sort of um, parameters, right? So I think what I would like, I, the, the approach I would like to see is sort of the, the way that, uh, and you would know this well, living up in the uh, Pacific Northwest with the University of Oregon, they, all, they work within sort of their color palette, right? It's, but it's just different variations of oh, the you're same. you're talking about the football uniforms. The fo- football uniforms, right? They've right. got a million uniforms, but they're all uh, relatively the same. They're all going to be some variation or emphasis on the, their primary colors. The green. Right, and the design, right. You recognize them as Oregon Ducks when you see them. Right, right. And so th- I would like to see, and I think it makes it more interesting, right? Because it, it doesn't make sense to me uh, when I see the Miami Heat in a fuchsia and uh, um, baby blue or turquoise uni. That doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I, I, I think it makes it more interesting when you're given sort of uh, a limitation on in terms of colors and you're having to work within sort of that framework to, to come up with different designs. Uh, to me, that, that appeals to me. But, you know, not to talk out both sides of my mouth, but, you know, I do like the Pelicans. Um, uh, yeah. The, their new unis, they have like a, a sort of a, a red, white, and blue type scheme right. with a, a gold fleur de lis yes. um, that looks really sharp in my eyes. Um, and I do see the Utah Jazz color block unis, and those look cool. But th- that's another thing. I mean, those you don't see where, them where, where do those colors come? Yeah, where do those colors yeah. come from? <laughs> right. And they, um, the Phoenix Suns have one this year that is all black. Right. Uh, and it just you're right. It does. You don't see it. And and think Phoenix Suns, uh, but and, you know, it, and I don't know what the I think the Celtics have have kept it pretty uh, restrained, which is right, right in line with right in line with their legacy and their history. Yeah. I mean, if you, if they if they had a throwback uniform a few years ago, it would have looked the same. Would have <laughs> wouldn't have been any different. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, I I I do like it in general. I I it <laughs> I understand that it's merchandising right i mean right. it's really marketing and but here's the thing i think younger fans don't care as much about the legacy uniforms or the legacy looks and the traditional uh, uh you know the fact that the celtics i think they could probably appreciate the fact that the celtics have had the same uniform forever right because if it ain't broke right right but but uh i think that there's just a little more, and I mean, maybe there's a there's a larger you know social uh, question to be made here about you know they about consumerism or you know something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, and you know uh, basically allowing Nike, a commercial company, to to make that kind of decision for the teams in your league, uh, which essentially they've done. Right. But, but you know. I, I do think it could be reined in a little bit too. I agree with you. I, I like it overall. I, I'm happy for it. I, I liked it when the Lakers 
mixed in a white uniform, although that's before the, the Nike era. Mm-hmm. They mixed in the white uniform and they and then, then they mixed in a black uniform. Right. Uh, and I like the throwback uniforms, the old Minneapolis Lakers. I like the throwback, you know, uh, Warriors uniforms, the, the, the We Believe era, uh, mm-hmm. although they say Oakland this season, which is kind of an interesting little twist. Um, you know, I, I do, I like that. I, but I also do agree that it's sort of spinning out of control. And right. When, it, the perfect example mm-hmm. is the Miami Heat uniforms this season. That's yeah. That's they, they, it's the the NBA's officially jumped a shark with the. That's United right. States. That's right. Exactly right. Um, let me ask you this though. Um, I, I mean, when I think about it, think about the about face, sort of the one eighty that the NBA has sort of done with this. If you if you remember back in uh, sort of Allen Iverson's heyday, right? Mm. Uh, David Stern, who was still the commissioner at that time. Um, started clamping down on um, attire yeah. for players sitting on the bench because yeah. uh, it was thought that Iverson and some other younger players were bringing in sort of too strong of a quote unquote urban sort of. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, Kelly Oubre. Uh, Kelly Oubre would have quit. He would have oh, left the NBA. He, yeah. he, he wouldn't, he'd be handcuffed uh, before he got into the gym. <laughs> um, but, but look at if they've sort of embraced it. I mean, and, and I think a lot of aspects of it is 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 good. I mean, it's interesting, you know, that they're doing this social social messaging on right. the back of the unis. Uh, oh, and, on, and you can wear any color shoe now, and that's a new relative. Exactly. New yeah. So it's it's interesting that that and and that this is under our, the the new commissioner, um, and uh, it's sort of interesting the way they've uh, he's embraced that uh, mm-hmm. over uh, what Stern Stern. Uh, his his perspective on it um so um but i agree with you um i think uh it's it's good to allow um sort of this variety it makes things interesting it, obviously it's for marketability and merchandising yeah. and i think that is just sort of a byproduct of the new uh the younger culture um yeah. and then yeah. wanting to appeal to the younger um because yeah. that, that's your base your recreate your um your you're establishing that fan base every oh, year yeah. trying you to draw to, on those the, new the fans. 18, yeah. The 18 to 34 demo, right? I mean, yeah. that's, that's the, that's the dream for, for uh, any, anybody in marketing and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And, uh, and the other point too, that I thought of there while you were talking is part of the problem is they want to have a different one every single season. Right. Right. And so at some point you're going to run out of good ideas. Yeah, <laughs> and you, so you're, it's going to be forced, and I feel that that happened this year with the Blazers, and I, I'm not going to talk too much about it because the Blazers, I feel like, have one of the better uniforms yeah, in, general, yeah. in the NBA. It's yeah. pretty, it's pretty unique. You could talk about how recognizable it is. It's unmistakable in the NBA. You know, it's pretty yeah. normal, normal, good colors. I mean, red, red, red white, white, and black. black. Yeah, and they have that sash, you know, angled mm-hmm. across the uh, the front, yeah. and they're city editions and throwback editions haven't veered too far from that theme right uh until this year and you know they the main thing that they said about this year's uniform is that it has the word oregon in it you know it says oregon mm-hmm. for the first time right in, in the franchise history it has the word oregon on their uniforms mm-hmm. and the, that's what they're it's, saying yeah it's, it's, wait, wait, there's not wait. much other bragging that they can do about it I, and you know again I, it's i'm not against it 
it's fine. And I'm sure plenty of people love it. Uh, I feel like it's forced and it's kind of a shame because they didn't need to mess with, uh, with the success. Yeah. Do you know the, the background or the backstory on rip city? Yeah, it's sort of like a slam dunk. It, so it was uh, Bill Shonley. It, it, basically, it was their announcer. It was one of his little catchphrases. Okay. Uh, sort of like Chick Hearn in LA, right? Invented the term slam dunk. Right. Uh, or maybe he didn't invent it, but he's the one that popularized it and you know, sort mm-hmm. of coined the phrase. Um, and it's, yes, it was, you know, if somebody was having a hot shooting night or, you know, if they were making shots, it's just Rip City, baby. And uh, so it was sort of a catchphrase. I think that, they that have one of the on. cooler, yeah, unofficial uh, nicknames uh, or Rip official City. nicknames. It is kind of official at this point. Yeah, I mean, their uh, fan club is called, you know, Rip City or, you know, the yeah. kids thing, Rip City Kids. And yeah, it's part of their identity, Rip City. Yeah. Yep. Well, along the same lines of, uh, you know, traditional versus new school you know, we're seeing uh, with the the NFL playoffs, uh, we're seeing sort of the age of the mobile uh, QB versus sort of the traditional pocket passer. With mm-hmm. uh, you know, Brady would be sort of the epitome of that. Right, prototypical, yeah, prototypical pocket passer, um, Maybe, and then probably one of the most successful, if not the the most successful pocket passers. I, I think. I think yeah, exactly. I think we're seeing a little bit of that whole spectrum there where um, Josh Allen is someone I would say, although he's different than uh, Lamar Jackson, he definitely uses his legs as part. That's part of his game. Whereas, whereas Pat Patrick Mahomes is sort of similar to Aaron Rodgers in that they can scramble, leave the pocket, make, make throws on the run. They can use their legs. Um, right. And then you have on the you know opposite end of the spectrum um, again Brady uh, just being statuesque in, <laughs> in the pocket. Uh, in that's many not to say, different ways, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I yeah, I think that a distinction you can make too is I think that the Bills and you know the Ravens and uh, a lot of the teams with these uh, younger quarterbacks, I should younger maybe, but uh, these sort of newer style quarterbacks actually game plan uh, with their running ability in mind. Mm-hmm. Whereas a team like the Packers, you know, it's a nice, it's a nice to have. And it's a, it's a, it's a kind of a fallback that Aaron Rodgers can scramble and, and make things happen on his feet. Uh, but I don't think you game plan him running. No, no. And so, but you do see that with the bills. And I think you see it to some degree with the chiefs. Uh, and you, I, of course, absolutely see it with the Ravens, but that's that's a completely different. But you see it even with the, you know, you mentioned Jameis Win- Winston. Uh, you know, the, I think that that's a the big a big difference is that you, in the past you almost have never seen, maybe with the exception of Steve Young, you know, a, a, a top tier type of quarterback where they. They, the, the coordinators, the, the coaching staff will actually put running the quarterback runs right. in the game plan. Right. But, I mean, we saw it with Kaepernick, right? Uh, for a while, that was more of the game plan than him passing the ball. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I always, my argument 
it, it, for a long time there was there was I think Sports Illustrated famously even had sort of an article on this uh, a decade or so ago uh, regarding uh, running QBs. There there used to be a statistic where no running quote unquote running QB has ever won a Super Bowl, and uh, you know we've we've seen you know through time there's been a number of you know uber athletes your michael vicks uh randall cunningham randall kaepernick cunningham. kaepernick um steve running Q- yeah. steve yeah running qbs um and what i've always said is that these guys have always running qbs if they are to do find some sort of longevity in the league usually always transform into and develop into pocket passers or it, the ability they, they start leaning on throwing the ball versus running because I think it's much easier to throw a 15 yard out than it is to scramble and get crushed for 10 or 12 yards like that doesn't become appealing anymore and it's much it's 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 much more effective and uh, efficient to throw for to throw for yardage versus um, generating it yourself with your legs and um, I mean, we saw Randall Cunningham um, um, uh, started turning in that, into that towards the end of his career. Michael Vick had a, a phenomenal season under Andy Reid when he came back mm-hmm. with the Eagles, uh, and it was more of a, uh, a traditional thrower yeah. uh, Cam than Newton. Uh, Cam Newton. Yeah, um, and uh, I think so. I think the 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 middle ground, sort of the Goldilocks sort of area, is is what right where Aaron Rodgers and, and uh, Mahomes are guys that can scramble, create space, sort of um, keep a defense honest and make throws on the run versus, um, you know, your straight pocket passer um, or I, right. I, you know, where Lamar Jackson is right now. Um, I think yeah. he's going to have to, the next step for him is to develop uh, more comfort level in the pocket, making throws versus, the run yeah well it's it's also a longevity question right right i mean if you can look at statistics of quarterbacks versus running backs uh as far as length of average career length right right uh and it's 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 pretty clear and yeah i think that if you think back i mean you i was thinking of uh rg3 right Mm -hmm. who was known as sort of a hybrid right uh, runner passer that's a good and, one. Yep. Uh, he just fizzled out. And if he, you know, the, it, it's a good question to ask if he stuck in the pocket more and focused more on his, on, on developing a passing game instead of sort of leaning on his athletic ability to get out of the pocket and get upfield a little bit, uh, you know, would he, would it have worked a little bit better for him? Right. And, right what the, like you said what's the future for for Lamar Jackson in that in this line of of thinking yeah it, and you know another angle to look at this is sort of we we touched on it last week with the success that a lot of uh Q, you know uh QBs coming out of college are finding uh you know as soon as they get into the NFL it's 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 not what it used to be 20 years ago where you could have a QB sitting on the bench or, you know, they would just be complete. I mean, Peyton Manning's rookie season um, was a, was a mess. Um, yeah. Well, but Aaron Rodgers, right. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. 
uh, right. sat on the bench for years. That's right. Um, but I think what you're seeing is you're seeing a lot of um, a lot of aspects of the college um, offensive schemes in terms of you know three and four wide receiver sets um, becoming in vogue and sort of that quick one read um, passing attack um, being implemented into more um, NFL schemes now, which suits uh, younger QBs that are coming out that aren't as developed uh, that need the game sort of, for lack of a better term, dumbed down for them. Mm. Um, and it's making productive players out of them um, early on. Obviously they need to, uh, as they advance, they have to evolve um, uh, and be able to read more complex defensive schemes and, and make NFL throws. But um, I think in general uh, across the NFL, you're seeing, uh, an approach uh, for offensive schemes to really cater to the player versus the player having to be shoehorned into a, a particular scheme. Yeah, you know, it's. I think that's true, but I think it doesn't last long. Like you said, I mean, they're they're sort of forced to adapt. I mean, mm-hmm. we see it with Josh Allen as we talk about a hybrid quarterback. Uh, you know that he is. I feel like last, was it last week or the, or uh, yeah I think it was last week they they ran like their first twenty plays I think they ran one running play uh, and you know you would never you know coming out of his rookie season you would never have guessed that they would rely on him that much uh, as a passer I don't right. think but uh, I, I, you're right I think it's a must I think that that's what happened to a player like uh, Tim Tebow. Right. Mm-hmm. Who, who came out and, you know, won a Heisman, which of course is never a big predictor for NFL success uh, or, you know, not often, but here's a guy who was a gifted athlete, uh, was a winner. Uh, to, I mean, a, an undeniable winner came mm-hmm. in the NFL and f- didn't find a lot of opportunity. But then when he did find an opportunity, he led the Broncos to the playoffs and then had at least one win in the playoffs uh, and then never got another chance, even though he was winning in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it was because he was just sort of winging it, right? He was sort of making it happen uh, with his feet and and scrambles, scrambling. He had that ability, that sort of new school quarterback ability, but was not the strongest passer. And I feel like these teams did you're right they they sort of catered they had to cater the offense to him when he was what second or third string on that broncos team and sort of cinderella like led them to the playoffs and in, in, in a couple of you know maybe even maybe not the afc championship game but one or two wins in the playoffs but they weren't gonna hand him the team they weren't gonna hand him the reins uh long term right because they didn't believe that he could round into a good pass first quarterback and, and he didn't give any indication that he would uh, either uh, just based right. on. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, you want, if you ask if the, the era of the old school pocket passer has passed, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I don't think so. I think what we'll see is players like Josh Allen and especially Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he seems like he's, he's built to be, uh, a long-term pocket passer, you know, in 10 years, mm-hmm. he's, he's going to be able to pick apart defenses without moving his feet, you know, more than a yard or two. Right. The shotgun. And so 
I don't, I feel like it's uh, what we're seeing is maybe a changing of the guard, right? Where you we have these older Drew Brees, you know, Tom Brady uh, era quarterbacks that are the prototypical pocket passers, even a Ben Roethlisberger, right? Who, right. Was, who was more mobile uh, early in his career and has not been <laughs> for a lot of years, <laughs> uh, but has been effective, you know? And uh, what we'll see is these young guys developing into more traditional pocket passers. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's a good place to uh, leave off and, and maybe we can... Um touch on what we're going to be talking about in our next uh yeah let's go catch these games these games are today right that's uh, right and nfc championship games uh i think we already missed some let's go let's go get at it and next week uh, we'll be in between the conference championships and the super bowl and so we'll have plenty of of plenty to talk about about. yeah absolutely and there's always nba to talk about yeah do we really need anything else need is a strong word need is a strong (laughs) <laughs> I think we have enough to chew on for the next few weeks. Sounds good. All right, sir. Thank you very much. Enjoy these games. Absolutely.